Stand by while NCLA cuts through the noise to signal abuse of administrative power. This is Administrative Static with Mark Chenoweth and John Vecchione. Welcome to Administrative Static, and our announcer is once again correct. Mark Chenoweth is with us, back from the land of saints and scholars. And we also have um, with us Janine Yunus once again, because the revelations from the Missouri v. Biden case come fast and furious. And pubs and golf courses. <laughs> and pubs and golf courses in Ireland, okay. So, um, I, I, Janine, um, you have an article in the Wall Street Journal this week. Uh, or last week, I should say. Um, and, Congratulations! And there's and there's a number of uh, it's got it's got a lot of eyeballs on it, and uh, that and and the topic are are causing um, quite a stir, I think, and it's even uh, rotting congressional action. What's going on in this case, and what has been revealed? The so late last week, in response to a court order, the government released the emails of someone named Rob Flaherty. He's the digital director of digital strategy in the White House. He works right uh, very closely with the president. Um, and those emails were quite startling, uh, even even to me. <laughs> he had been in uh, close contact with the social media companies, and unlike many of the other people whose emails we've seen with the companies. The tone uh, was very aggressive, bullying, um, tell, basically telling them what to do, which corroborates. Uh, it was the voice of command. Command, yes. You do this or else, um, which it corroborates our theory that this was coercive and this was not uh, voluntarily. The tech companies and the government weren't voluntarily working together, which, as I think we've talked about before, still presents First Amendment problems. And I think it's, a, it's still a strong case. But when it's coercive, it's an extremely clear cut case. Right. And uh, what what type of things did he say to them? Um, so he said, I, I can read uh, my, one of my favorite emails. That, that'd this be good, but this is a family program, so <laughs> okay. bleep out when I needed will. to. There's no, there's no expletive in this one. Okay. Um, this is from April 9th of 2021. And also, to uh, also that the timeline is important here, because a lot of the emails that we got from CDC, for instance, between CDC and tech companies and DHS, those uh, are later. So they're like the summer of 2021, into the fall, whatever. Um, so those appear to be more of a cooperation arrangement, but it's clear these, these exchanges took place in the spring of 2021. So Mr. Flaherty sort of set this, uh, tone where you better do this or else. And then the company started kowtowing to it. So I think the impression of voluntariness is really sort of a false one that, that came right, later. Right. So anyway, okay, here's one email. He asked uh, of Facebook, I want, you know, what actions and changes you're, I want to know what actions and changes you're making to ensure you're not making our country's vaccine hesitancy problem worse. And he goes on, in the electoral context, you tested and deployed an algorithmic shift and promoted quality news and information about the election. You did this only, however, after an election that you helped increase skepticism in and an insurrection which was plotted in large part by your platform. And then you turned it back off. I want assurances based on data that you're not doing the same thing again here. And this is about vaccine, uh, mm -hmm. vaccine hesitancy. So, you know, th this is one of many emails that have a very similar tone. And it's clear that he's sort of he's making he's clear. It's clear he's blaming them for January 6th. He's blaming them for the uh, outcome of the, the 20 or sorry for uh, skepticism about the 2020 election. And then saying, you know, you better not make you better make sure the same thing doesn't happen again when it comes to the vaccines. Right. And, you know, what I haven't seen, what I would have loved to have seen was an email back. Sod off, Swampy. 
you know, I, 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 you don't see any of that. They, no, they panic, right? They, no. they, they, they hop. They hop. And actually, when there's any resistance from low, uh, sometimes lower level people in the government are emailing. They, if they encounter resistance, they escalate it to Flaherty, who then bullies the companies, who then basically say, "Okay, okay, we'll give you what you want." Yeah, he's the director of digital strategy, and the strategy was to keep everyone off digital platforms who didn't like. <laughs> yeah. And I think one thing that really struck me, too, was there he demands that they um, censor even true content that could lead people not to want the, the vaccine. So some of the examples they give are like true stories of people who suffered adverse effects, because that he acknowledges that could be true, but it might make people vaccine hesitant. I mean, that should be very concerning in a free society. Well, this is uh, one thing that has always struck me. You know, when we talk to people about these cases who who are, uh, I guess, more for this type of thing. They want the government to be doing these things. They always, they, they have in their minds, there's this idea that the government would only be against true things, right? right. And, and, and now the government being the minister of truth is a problem, just yeah. like when I said minister of truth, anyone who's read books would know that that's not a, ever a good thing. No one who's ever in the minister <laughs> of truth in any book you ever read or movie you ever saw did a good thing. Yeah. But somehow they think this will be fine. But the real amazing thing is how many things they acknowledge are true. They're yeah. not even making mistakes. Yeah. They know it's true and they want it out of there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so this is really just about controlling public discourse and only allowing the American public to be exposed to what the government thinks is is the right view. So would this include, um, I think I think in the emails, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's things like groups where people go online and they've had an adverse uh, reaction to one of the vaccines and they're talking about what they can do about it and, and what happened to them and why they think it's with the vaccine. And is there anyone who has any information on this? And he didn't like those groups no, either. He wanted to shut the, he shut those he wanted to shut those down. And they were shut down because um, we've spoken with some people. Really? On Facebook? Uh Facebook and other social media platforms. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And and um I mean that is not a those are people all with personal interests. They're not uh, just, uh, you know, some guy in his basement, uh, uh, right. <laughs> crazily, um, um, obsessed with something. These are people who are actually, uh, it's a new, it's a new medicine. It's a new, uh, and then, and there's not a lot out there and they're seeing what happened to other people and that's all they want to do. And government says, no, it, yeah. it really is. It's staggering. Yeah. And, um, what is Flaherty's? He's still there. He's still there. <laughs> and, uh, and did he say, I'm not going to do this anymore? What's going oh, on? Oh, no. So uh, the, the, we haven't heard anything, I don't think, from the White House directly addressing this. Um, ye yesterday, President Biden wrote an op-ed about uh, the abuses of big tech and how con Congress, it, there really needs to be bipartisan uh, action to hold them accountable, which I saw as a deflection or an attempt to sort of uh, say, you know, the, bad, the tech companies are doing the bad things and, um, you know, to sort of... Um, evade responsibility for what he's been, what the president has been right. doing. Exactly. It reminds me a, a little, just a, you know, they, they don't, they don't like the tech companies for one reason. And um, some of the governors now are past trying to pass laws. I think Florida, Texas, that, that don't let the tech companies throw people off, but there's a lot of uh, uh, interest in the government controlling the various tech companies. But what I, I'm also struck by is, is that Facebook, all of these, all of these outfits are run by some of the richest people in the mm -hmm. world, right? Yeah. Multi-billionaires. 
but they're all hopping. And I, I think it really shows that the, the administrative state and the, administ the, the regulatory state is more powerful than these guys. Yeah, for sure, for sure. They don't, I mean, they don't want to be regulated. They've feared regulation for a long time and repeal of Section 230, which currently protects them from liability for what people post on their platforms. They got wealthy so. because they were operating in an industry that was not heavily regulated. Exactly. Yeah. And um, and and I and I think that it is it is amazing. And I guess that's one of the threats, right? Because you have to have you have to have the threat. And one of the threats is we're going to take away this, or we're going to take away that, or we're going to have a wealth tax. I don't I, I didn't even know all the things the government could do to them. Um, but it it is amazing that um, he had well, it could control their rates. It could turn them into utilities and say, you know, yeah. you you have to charge this or you can't charge this for advertising or whatever. That that could be right. Um, yeah. I am I am uh, you know I'm not on any of these platforms as you know except LinkedIn. <laughs> I always say except LinkedIn, but um, people do uh, uh, rely on them quite a bit now. Yeah, and uh, and the the presumption and certainly the testimony in front of Congress was like, oh, we're not doing this, we're not doing this, we're not doing this. We we saw tons of these guys go up there and say, oh, we're not. We're not banning anything. Yeah, well, I think it's important for people to understand, and especially maybe people in older generations don't always get how important social media is for the public discourse. I mean, it is the modern public square. And uh, even, you know, there were even studies done of sort of who drove COVID policy. And it was doctors who had large Twitter followings, not the best doctors, doctors who currently had large Twitter followings. And, you know, they were able they were able to sort of get a lot Dr. of attention. Dr. Phil, Dr. Oz, <laughs> you know, these type yeah. of people have have a lot yeah. of eyeballs. But they, you know, they had certain Dr. views. Joe Biden. <laughs> oh, they had certain views. And they and I mean, what's funny is that people like our clients are actually very are excellent epidemiologists who had different views and wanted to be able to build their own followings. But then there was sort and of this. I want to I don't know if we said it before in this program, but Jay Bhattacharya, we found through the Twitter files, not even through this suit, I think that he was actually, they knocked his algorithm down on purpose by name. And Martin Kuhldorf too. Uh, he was, there's a funny exchange that came out through the Twitter files where his a tweet of his saying that saying everyone needs to get the vaccine is unscientific as saying no one should. It's a, it's a personal cost benefit assessment. If you have natural immunity, you don't need it. If your children don't need it. Um, so uh, Twitter had labeled this and said it was misleading because it conflicted with the CDC. I mean, Dr. Kuhldorf is one of the most cited epidemiologists and infectious disease experts in the world. And you have some you know, kid at Twitter saying, well, this isn't what the CDC yeah, says. Exactly. I, ha I have a poetry degree from Oberlin. Get him off. It is striking. But the other thing that's striking is, as you said, he's one of the most cited epidemiologists in the world. And then suddenly, um, I think it was Fauci. What what did he call them all? Oh, a fringe epidemiologist. A fringe epidemiologist, yeah. right? Uh, it is it is amazing. It was it 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 is uh, George Orwell. You know, suddenly these have become non persons, yeah. even though regardless of their prior uh, uh, what they've done before. And I and I think I'm hoping that this this case and these revelations will bring to the to uh, open minded people that it's not even trying to get rid of falsehood. The government, I don't think should be doing that. We can, we're having a fight about that, but they're trying to get rid of truth that they don't like. Uh, yeah. and, and create an impression, a false impression of consensus. Yeah. Right, and, and the people who are telling the truth, they try to get silenced. I mean, I can't think of anything that more deleteriously affects uh, public policy than that policy. Yes. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. 
Um, anything else? We just have a few seconds here, but is there anything else you want for, to wrap up? Anything we should know about these? I don't think I have time, but thank you for having me. <laughs> Eight seconds. <laughs> well, congratulations again on the Wall Street Journal op-ed. Folks can check out the uh, Yeah. Welcome back to Administrative Static, and we've kept Janine here and Mark as well because we have something that uh, a hot that, topic. A hot topic. Uh, it, they, 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 <laughs> it's winter time. It is. It is the uh, hot stove league. But um, one type of hot stove is is uh, apparently fall into disrepute with the administrative state. And uh, my congressman Don Beyer and uh, Senator Cory Booker of New Jersey have sent a letter to the Consumer Product Safety Commission about the incredible danger of gas stoves. Dun, 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 dun. And uh, uh, the, the fellow running- uh, These are normal natural gas, gas stoves stove. that are in you, so many kitchens. It used to be that, that you, you had to light a match and start the stove. Now you just that click was a little it, dangerous. And, it <laughs> and it comes on, exactly. And so, so the thing is, uh, they say that they- uh, I've also seen them started with lit cigarettes. I don't know. That's, that's right. Like that's right. Um, I, I, uh, so, so the thing is, so I, I'm sure, I'm sure you've probably seen this, but so uh, just, so this letter gets sent and then uh, I think it's Richard Trumpka, maybe his father. I don't know. I knew who, I knew who his father was. This, I didn't know he was this in junior. Yeah. I didn't know he was in charge of the consumer product safety well, commission. He's one of the commissioners. He's not the chairman. Well, the first thing he said was, Ah, uh, this is very bad. Something like, and and uh, you know, we can do anything, including banning unsafe products like this. And so, of course, everybody who has just had their kitchens redone and had the gas stove put in uh, is up in arms. Now we're going to have a, a round robin discussion about this because um, I don't know uh, if you've ever watched any cooking show, but you will never. I used to watch cooking shows all the time. I'd have them on in the background because I don't cook, but I found them. Very soothing. And <laughs> I have never seen Emerald. I have never seen uh, the Barefoot Contessa up in Long Island. I have never seen uh, Wolfgang Puck. I have never seen any of them cook on electric stove. And I have watched Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart, none of them. <laughs> if you see them cook on an electric stove, maybe they'll boil water, but none of them cook any food you want to eat on an electric stove. They're so, all cooking with gas. So, what do we think of this, and people? John is too. What, what do we think of this, people, Mark? Oh, I think it's I think it's outrageous. I mean, I come at this from the perspective of having been an attorney over at the Consumer Product Safety Commission, so I know what the agency's bailiwick is, and the idea that they have the statutory authority. Uh, to do this is dubious uh, at best, uh, from my perspective. I mean, if if the agency wanted to do something, first of all, they would have to do a scientific investigation into uh, the emissions from the stove. They would have to have real scientific data showing that there were extreme problems. And then what the agency usually does is suggest a uh, a standard that the stove has to meet in order to be sold. They wouldn't do anything to pre-existing stoves in all likelihood. 
uh, unless there were a product defect. But they could say something like, you know, going forward, you can't have emissions over and, this level. And I just want to say, Trumpka did walk away. He says, this is only for future stoves. We're not taking your stoves, right? <laughs> so so tell, tell us, but, what's, what's the theory behind this? What's the theory of why they're bad? Well, the, th the theory is that there's some fumes that are put off uh, you know, that aren't bur completely burned. Uh, and so, uh, or that are a product of the burning uh, that, that are- in Causing childhood asthma or something. Childhood asthma and, and other sorts of things uh, allegedly, but uh, th these would be in places that aren't well ventilated. So the, the natural solution to that is, well, turn on your fan. Do you have on your overhead vent? Uh, it's also junk science because uh, folks have quickly come to the fore and pointed to some studies where they've even done, uh, they've even tested these stoves in tented facilities. In other words, things that were deliberately not vented and they can't get to the parts per million that are alleged that are being alleged by Don Beyer and, and Cory Booker. So right. the idea that, that, and there was some idiot on CNN who, who said, you know, having a gas stove is like uh, running your car in your kitchen. No, it <laughs> is not. absolutely nothing like that. It is absolutely nothing like that. If you run your car in the garage without the garage door open, you will kill yourself. End of story. Yeah, the, it's carbon monoxide. It's carbon monoxide poisoning. It is not the same thing as a gas stove in your kitchen. And and I I wanna um I wanna ask Janine a little about this because you you were talking about the science of it as well. And by the way, all these people have, have gotten rid of their you know you can't make a house. I I I, I tried to get a, a wood burning a fireplace and I wasn't allowed in the a Franklin guy, stove. Uh, yeah, so the guy we have a gas fireplace. I guess those have to go too, right? <laughs> They're in your home. It's like. Putting on a gas uh, 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 fireplace must be like running a car in your garage. So tell me about this, Janine, oh, sure, the, the, yeah. the gas stove. Well, What's your story? thing is going to really upset my dad. He loves his uh, <laughs> fireplace and wood stove. But um, that, so I, first of all, from what I understand, the study was from a, a biased entity that benefits from <laughs> electric stove. Electric so stove coalition of, of America. But I think it's, this is part of a, a sort of broader phenomenon where, you know, there's one sort of questionable study that's put out and everybody seizes on it and suddenly it becomes this moral thing if you like gas stoves you're a republican and you don't care about human life and if you're if you want them gone then you're right. a democrat who cares about poor people and children and it's it's completely ridiculous i mean there's no nuance there's no actual you know rationally looking at it and looking at the costs and benefits i mean if you even if this were true accepting it at face value uh getting rid of gas stoves has a cost it, you know if a family has to put in a new a new electric stove well that's money that can't go to this or that so you can't just look and at they're more things expensive these, typically exactly yeah. electric, the electric people, stoves yeah people burn themselves more easily in electric stoves because you don't always see when they're on or whatever I, I mean you have to look at things in a sort of cost benefit way you can't just seize on one one thing and say okay that's bad and we have to get rid of them and uh so the, this is junk you know what i always i also thought and, and uh we, we talk about administrative law the other thing is um wanting to use a statute and a regulatory system that was set up for one thing to do another thing. I think what's behind this well, is solving non-existent problems. Yeah, but I mean, also, yeah. also my my point here is is that no one really thinks gas stoves are unreasonably dangerous. They don't like the use of fossil fuels. Right. Right. Now. 
from my view, the electric stoves are run by coal-fired plants, right? Like 30 or 40%, 50% of coal-powered plants. So, and natural gas-powered plants. Right, but yeah, so, exactly. That's true so, as well, so but that's, the... that's one-to-one. But coal, you know, puts off. <laughs> is it? I'm... So, well, what I mean is gas, gas. But yeah. but, um, but I don't know how much gas it takes. But to the run Consumer Product stove. Safety Commission is not about whether you're carbon. That's not what it was set up for. That's right. And so I, I think that's a, a, a wrongful use of the administrative state. But I, the other thing about this is I, I um, remember when they got rid of the high flow toilets, people were like taking them out of, out of when, when, when a building would be knocked down, they'd grab them and there was a black market in the, in the old fashioned toilets that people wanted to install in their well, houses and illegally. The light, and the light bulbs too. And the light bulbs, although the light bulbs, I think you, if you had a huge stores of them, you were allowed to still have them and stuff like this. But the fact is there was, there's, there's like a black market in the light bulbs, a little bit of a black market in the low flow. They'll be like, you know, you'll be on the corner and someone go, psst, want to buy a gas stove. I mean, this is crazy. Well, and some of these states are, are now, uh, they are banning the the installation of gas in like new residential California and things like that so you know so that goes even that's even more extreme now why are they doing that well it's for gas stoves I mean you wouldn't I mean I guess you could have a gas water heater there might be other things that you would that you would have but in the in the residential setting like the apartment setting basically a gas stove is the one thing that you would you would have and if they're doing that for these same reasons I'm concerned because they're trying to make people so dependent on the electrical grid. And we've seen that with the advent of solar and wind, that the electrical grid is getting less reliable, not more reliable. So if people are freezing in the winter, they won't have a gas stove that they can turn on and huddle around in order to survive. They won't have a gas stove that they can use to cook when the electrical grid is, has has gone. They, they, this is a problem. This they is... may have to take their cars and run it in the kitchen in order to... <laughs> That's a bad idea. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that if you're cold. Don't even do it in the garage. Uh, but, uh, uh, but but I think that it's good to have a gas stove because if you do lose electricity, you know you do have some uh, yeah. kind of a backup option there. Yeah, and in in Virginia we have uh, you know we have power outages all the time. Whenever the storm hits, the trees knock down the power lines, but we can still have spaghetti. You know, we can stuff like anyway. Well, and, and, and back to fireplaces, uh, those have been banned in a lot of places already. Uh, I, don't, I don't know that, that gas fireplaces have been banned. I think the wood-burning fireplaces originally well, is what was what happened they were is trying to do away When with. they make these ergonomic houses because of the uh, heat exchange, they don't have it. So they haven't been banned, but the way they want to do green-type houses, you just can't have them because of the, the heat. You don't thing. meet the certification. Right, exactly, exactly. So... Um, in in any event, I think that uh, this is this is a long term goal. I've been watching uh, people have been writing about this, and we saw California has put in regulations, and now the governor of New York has talked about it. It's for some reason a goal of people, all of whom I, as far as I can tell, have gas stoves in their houses. Well, we saw the we saw Dr. Jill Biden. I've got to mention her in every segment, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, but she she was shown cooking with gas. She right and uh, and and AOC AOC had gas. So I does mean, she know where it comes from? Because uh, <laughs> I know she doesn't know that carrots come from the ground. Yeah, so uh, she doesn't. 
There you you hadn't seen that? Oh no. my god! Well, I, I, I there are she many people who grew up in New York City who do not know that. I, I think <laughs> that this is a Kansas prejudice that you think everyone should know where carrots come from. Uh, anyway, yes, if they if they're running for Congress, I think they should know where carrots come from. That is my that yes. is my strongly held view. Yes, I think if Jay Leno did his walk around thing in New York City and asked what type of plant carrots grew on. <laughs> I, I, they're I, not in con, not everyone is in Congress. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. is, that is true. I think, or, I, I think it's because they don't have the Warner Brother cartoons on regular TV anymore. Or here's a thought don't tweet your ignorance out to the world. Oh, there you go. Uh, that would be too much to ask for a lot of people. That's right. Well, the good news is that the CPSC backed off. So I guess we should say that. Yeah, for now, but you like know, they're... this was the first Sally. They're going to get people used to it. And then they're going to come up with more studies, bias this way or that. Um, people really have to, you know, uh, the other thing is, where are the letters from the other side in Congress? Um, well, I... my, my thought would be, if this is what the CPSC needs to do, then their budget needs to be cut. Because they've got too much money if they've got enough to do this on top of all the things that they ought to be doing. That's right. I guess all the flammable pajamas have been taken care of. Uh, Anyways, we'll be back, uh, and and hopefully we will be picking up a cat. Well, that's the problem with flammable pajamas. You can't have them near a cat. (laughs) 